To all who come to this happy place, welcome. Disney Stop Podcast, episode number five. Hoopla! Hoopla! <laughs> hoopla! Oh, boy. Um, sounds like a whole lot of hoopla. Sounds like a whole lot of hoopla. Not not a whole lot of hoopla from us, but we try as hard as we can to get these out there. And uh, we don't well, succeed, we finally but... made it to five. <laughs> Four months, five episodes. <laughs> Doing good. Oh boy. But we're really excited because we're gonna start like a whole different kind of series, I guess, on this on this podcast. So we're gonna diverge into more of like trip planning for the next couple episodes. And uh, each episode's gonna focus on a different Disney park in Orlando. We're not gonna cover any of the other international or national uh, parks because that's just not how we roll. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I'm Danny. I'm Amanda. And I'm Ashley. And uh, we are the Faith, Trust, and Disney Stuff podcast crew. And um, so the f- today we're going to be talking about Epcot because Epcot um, is, is going through a little bit of a uh, special event because uh, it's now the end of August. As of yesterday, the Food and Wine Festival has begun and this will run until uh, November 12th and we have a lot to talk about uh, for the Food and Wine Festival and just Epcot as a whole and we're going to guide you through how to tackle the Food and Wine Festival and the must-see things you uh, you got to do and see at the at the park. So, Ashley, if you don't mind starting us off on this because we know that you are the queen of the Food and Wine Festival. You have done queen this Queen of before. Disney in general. And just <laughs> Disney in general, sure. We, you, you can say that too. Um, but you're, you're a real pro when it comes to this. So why don't you... Get things started and um, break down what what people can expect from this whole thing. So, hi, guys. Um, Hi. (laughs) Hi, how are (laughs) you? Howdy, y'all. So, um, well, as you know, the the Food and Wine Festival kicked off yesterday, um, and it seems to be getting so much positive feedback. It's pretty much, uh, you know, Epcot's most um, looked-forward festival. It pretty much uh, everybody at Disney looks forward to this festival because... I don't know anybody who doesn't love food and or wine or beer or, you know, alcoholic beverages. Got a point. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. um, it's, it takes place all around the World Showcase, even um, extends to some of the other small outposts that you can find that are, like, you know, lurking in the... Um, lurking in the shadows. <laughs> lurking in, like, future world. Um, so... Um, last year I attended the, um, food and wine festival and I had a really, really great time. So I'm just going to give you a little brief, um, kind of like tell you what's there and what's new for this year. So as for what's new this year, it's only mainly food. Countries stayed the same. So what you can find there for countries would be like active eats, which isn't a country, 
but basically it I can't just, be a citizen of active you eats <laughs> you cannot be a citizen of active eats Aww. people no and it, they just they make little um kiosks so what happens is at the food and wine festival um Disney and their staff sets up a bunch of kiosks following the World Showcase where you can go up and they set up a full menu containing, you know, gluten-free options, um, some places have vegan options, and just... um, They're sponsored by Almond Breeze, right? Like um, the whole festival is? um, Is it Almond Breeze? Yeah. Yeah. So it can be... Some of the kiosks are sponsored by Almond Breeze. Um... And, you know, they have um, a small menu of food. Usually it can be, like, condensed version of what you would have, like, you know, an appetizer, an entree, and a dessert. And they have that at the kiosk, and then they have a huge beverage menu. <laughs> so, yeah, of course. It's mostly about the alcohol. It's, it's mostly. Just kidding. It's not. <laughs> so, and then that, that goes around the whole world showcase. So it the whole purpose is to introduce you to culinary you know, a culinary palette that you normally wouldn't try somewhere else. So, um, and I, there's countries that aren't on, permanently on the World Showcase that are in the festival, right? Like, yeah. I know Greece is there. That's like the one that I am really excited about. But yeah. So you you would normally have your you know your your regular ones: Mexico, Norway, Germany, Italy, Morocco, um, Canada, America. America, France, uh, China, Japan, though you'd have your normal ones. But in addition to those, uh, uh, Epcot adds a few others. So they add Africa, Australia, Belgium, Brazil. Um, let's see, they add Hawaii. Because Hawaii is a country. Uh, yeah, right? Favorite country. Like, because, like, because, because, sure. Yeah, right? Because, because America. Technically not a part of America, right? Yeah. Um, they add India, they add um, New Zealand, Spain, and Thailand. Ireland. Well, they give Ireland. That's like the UK, but like still. So they give them their own kind of separate recognition. There you go. Um, There you go, Ireland. (laughs) They also add separate kiosks that are collective um, food, you know, um, collective food places such as like what I was mentioning before, Active Eats, Flavors of Fire, Hops and Barley, um, Cheese and Wine Studio, um, and the island, um, like Flavors of the Caribbean. And this year they added a sh- the Mimosa Bar, <laughs> which is I'm looking I'm, forward to. I, yeah, that's like one of I'm the things a, I'm, I'm a sucker for mimosas. So, and at these places you can find, like, rather than just, um, you know, like, the set of three foods and the multi-beverages, you'll find multiple kiosks that, like, display, um, you know, a whole bunch of food and where you can pick out um, all these, like, you know, these tiny servings. Well, they're so not it's like, that it's tiny. So like, it's tapas. It's like, yeah, it's like it's tapas. It's like small plates, which I think is cool. Um, I think it gives you, like, the opportunity to not just eat one sit-down meal, but it encourages people to walk around the world showcase so you're not just saying like okay i'm gonna go to mexico and go to dinner or like just go to one country um i think it's smart because a lot of the other festivals like flower and garden is pretty but you don't really there's not much of a need to really go in fully into the countries beyond seeing um like the floral floral arrangements the festival of the arts like you don't really go fully into the countries yeah that was one festival i was actually in epcot for was the flower and garden yeah and they're 
you're right. Like other than like it's like, beautiful. It's, it's really nice but it's, to look it's at. It's more but like, of just like an out like. It's just not over Epcot as expressive thing. for the multiple countries yeah. in Epcot. This as is definitely the, food wine yeah. is. the most well, cultural the whole, one. Well, the whole point of the like the whole idea of the food and wine festival is when you have food and when you have wine, when you have when when you bring that to the table, it's always social. Mm-hmm. So right. you can always have a discussion yeah. over food and wine, whether you have different like you know political views, whether you have different you know whether you have disagreements food and wine always brings something to the table yeah Yeah, it's always it brings something to the table so if you go and you pick Uh up a little tapa from like you know uh, Spain or you go get a little hors d'oeuvre from Africa you and you can just meet somebody walking walking in you know just say like wow that drink was delicious and like where'd you get that from and it creates this um, like flowing system of yeah. just bonding and walking around the showcase. And there are events like I know that they're doing events for kids too um, throughout food and wine. So it's not just about the culinary aspect of it, although like food and wine is obviously mostly about the food and the wine. Um, but it also, you know, the title gives it away. But <laughs> it's yeah. Oh, if you if you thought this wasn't about food and yeah. wine, I'm sorry to tell <laughs> sorry. you, it's Don't about food and wine. Yeah, they avoid it. Um, no, but. It's a really good way just to, like I said, experience the countries and kind of step out of your norms and experience something that maybe you've never experienced before fully in Epcot or in the World Showcase. Um, The shops are all beautiful. So even if you feel like you don't want to spend money eating in every country, you should still go during Food and Wine and experience the World Showcase because it's a great time of year for the the World Showcase. I know everything on the menus. Pretty much this year, it looks like price point wise, um, beverages really are not expensive at all for like, you know, I would say like a tap or um, a glass of wine, not things really outrageously expensive. Yeah, it's around like, you know, I would say what I would reasonably play, it's around like, you know, maybe at most like 5 to $8, but, you know, as you get like to signature drinks and it stuff, goes you're up talking to like, like 13, 10 to I would 13, say. Yeah. which is like normal Disney pricing. Yeah. And I mean, like, I know for me, I didn't do this because my birthday was in May. I didn't do food and wine. But um, for my 21st birthday last year, I actually drank around the world for my birthday. So just, you know, seeing the menus of countries just like alcohol wise or just drink wise, I should say. um, It's really fun. It's a fun way just to, you know, walk around and have a good time. It's personally for me, I would do it like the beginning of the day if you're going to do food and wine like just do food and wine all day you definitely can't do it all in a day so i feel like food and wine needs more than one day to experience Mm it and i know we're just talking strictly about you know food and wine because it's just the title here but there's just more that goes on in the food and wine festival than just you know you walking around and drinking and um you know experiencing the culinary um you know, palettes that are happening that Epcot, you know, has fostered here for you to experience. But um, they also set up a whole bunch of programs that are going on and they have events for kids. So um, during the during the entire festival, um, there are chefs that come and they give. Um, so if you're familiar with the setup of Epcot, it's kind of by um, mission space in the back. Um, they sometimes in that little arena, they have um cooking stations where they bring in chefs and they give classes on how to cook or how to, you know, grow specific um, I think plants. they do that sometimes at the American Bandstand, too, like yeah. right across from America. I think they do yeah, that. Yeah, they, they do that there because they, you know, they want to foster healthy living and healthy produce and, 
you know, make sure families are, you know, growing proper food and taking care of the land we're living in. Um, they want to make sure people know how to cook, you know, and they're not just constantly ordering out. Um, so Disney also makes sure that that's, you know, a great thing. They also have dinners where you can actually attend where the chef is cooking, which is pretty cool. Um, there's a list of that where on the actual Disney website, you can actually go on, you know, the regular Disney, mydisneyexperience.com and see the list of the chefs that will be attending. I know that Carla Hall will be, um, if you're familiar with. Who's like, that? The, like, I have no idea who that is. Um, a, if like ABC's the? like the, the? Um, she's, she'll be one of them um, this year. Um, she's, you know, she's a huge proponent. They of, should have like, Bobby Flay. Healthy living. He's Didn't get good. in trouble. Huh? Didn't he get in trouble? Bobby Flay? Yeah. Did he? Yeah. I didn't he, think so. Yes, he did. did I, I think know. he did. He's still on. Maybe it's a different chef. But there was like a really him. famous like... Oh, no. Um, Are you thinking of Mario Batali? That was it. Yeah. That okay. was, yeah. But Bobby Flay, though. Bobby Flay, yeah, no, he's great. So good yeah, looking. I love him. <laughs> anyway. Uh, Ashley, I, I'm just reading here on your points. Um, can you just go into detail on what Remy's ratatouille okay, hide yeah. and squeak that was like, That was what I was just going to Danny is very in. invested. Yes. Okay. Give it a one. Go so, ahead. Yeah, come on. So right. for kids. You, you so, really, you're really uh, about to get into this. I am, here we go. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm so I, I did this last year, and it was really fun. Um, and because my mom, she's like, she, she, yeah, my mom is a child. Shout out Kim, who's a huge child. Um, (laughs) she, um, so what they do is it's sort of like if you've ever been to for Easter or anything, you get a map, you can go to the kiosks and you buy a map and they, they give you a set of stickers in the back. And what you have to do is all around the world showcase, they hide Remy statues. We're doing it. And you have, and Remy is holding stuff in his hand, whether it be like a glass of wine or like a cheese plate or a croissant, and he's hidden. And you have to find him. And once you find him, you put the sticker What's correlating. The Sorry, I just want to know what the prize is. I'm so I, excited. Apparently, Explain the rest, though. sometimes the prizes change every year. What'd you get so last year? So last year, I got a keychain of Remy. What? I want a um, And he, it said Food and Wine Festival and Remy. And Remy was on that's the keychain. That's so cute. And that's the whole thing. And you can just keep doing it every day. Like, you just go, you get a $5 map, and you just, you know, you draw, go around the country. And it is a really cheap activity. For Remy. Yeah. And you just like, go. The same and it the keeps Easter the kids, icon. it keeps kids, you know, constantly looking and what it does is like Remy will be holding like garlic or like scallions and uh, like, and the whole point is like, they're kind of like really like, like what vegetables kids really wouldn't be like, mom, what is that? Like, I just know that's in my food. Um, so you can be is like, a vegetable? yeah, or like, you just have to be like, honey, like what is re- <laughs> like, it's good, a good teaching experience for a little kid. Like, Sweetie, like Remy's holding a piece of garlic. Sweetie, a croissant is not a <laughs> Sweetie, vegetable. Sweetie, croissant is not in the vegetable category. Yeah, so sweetie, please remember, don't think that croissant. What about cheese? No. <laughs> no, so, try again. <laughs> so it's just a good teaching experience I can't to get to kids to know what they're cooking with or like teach them. And it's also fun because now you're running all over the world Can showcase imagine, looking like, for Remy. Also like added for like, I mean, because like we're 112% doing it when we go. I want like my own map. I'm gonna like race you. I'm so excited. But imagine adding like wine into that. <laughs> drunk what, Remy drunk, finding drunk scavenger hunt around. The world. I mean, now now that you mentioned wine, we were obviously talking about the food and wine festival going on at Epcot. Um, 
I, I, since we're, we're kind of teaching everybody about planning their trip to Epcot during this time, for concerned parents, are they going to have to deal with, I guess, a lot of drunk people at Disney during this time? And, like, how should they navigate the park? Should they run into rowdy adults well, with their with their children? Well, to answer that, when I went, so um, I don't think that it's a huge problem. But my always my biggest thing, my mom and I said is like, there's a time and a place for little kids. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and Epcot being one where you know drinking is always, it's a high. It's always welcome. There. It's, it's always, always a high option. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's not like Magic Kingdom. There's like, you know, there's not a heavy alcohol. Presence. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, and to keep younger children out in Epcot, especially during this festival, past you know, you know, eight o'clock, where people are mm-hmm. like really feeling the festival, is a little tough. Um, and on the weekends too, like Friday the, and Saturday, I would guess yeah. to not bring children around. The right. Especially, showcase. especially young infants. However. The people who do attend the festival are extremely respectful. Um, they, it's people who are there tend to normally be there because they want to experience what the festival has to and offer. And you're still in Disney, you know, yeah. like it's not like you're at not, like, like a spring break. Sure, yeah, it's not, not like, like a in Miami, like per se. Yeah. doing body shots. Like, like you're like yeah. sipping right, right, a glass right, right. of Chianti it's, it's and like hanging out. Yeah, it's if you're there. Like I know that I was there because they have like a brewery. Like they have like a little setup draft place like i went into the draft place that's because really cool. i wanted to i thought she said giraffe <laughs> i went into the giraffe place <laughs> that's it because i wanted to taste the flights that they had and i wanted to like actually really um experience what kind of beers yeah and like what they were actually having not it wasn't for the purpose of like getting wasted it was actually for the purpose of you know experiencing each experience. different lager yeah. and and ale and malt and seeing, you know, comparing what each country had and seeing for the general fact of what I would like personally mm-hmm. and then knowing that I wouldn't be able to actually try these things after the festival was over. So, so tip for families, it is an okay environment, but we, I guess, don't recommend bringing your children. I mean, Epcot as a whole really is It's a personal, it's a personal preference. If sure. you know that you can manage your children, I would say do it. But the it, thing about Epcot, it's, it's not really... It, I, me personally, I think it's more and it's a more adult-driven theme park. I agree. Exactly. Regardless. I mean, yeah, if you're a family and you're there for the whole week, you want to hit every single park. Go for Epcot. It's it's a good park. It's a gorgeous park to walk around. I'm sure your your kids are gonna love it. But maybe just pick Baymax, the right time to I'm go. Sorry? Like pick the right time of day to go. Yeah, yeah. And, and Epcot's one of those parks. And I, I mentioned in one of my points, um, Epcot and Magic Kingdom are the only two parks you can get to by monorail. So that is the perfect park to do. You don't have to spend the whole day at Epcot if you're there with your family. You could just go for a little bit, take the monorail over from Magic Kingdom, and then go back to Magic Kingdom mm-hmm. should you have the park hopper and you're there for a whole week or a couple of days and you want to experience all of and Disney. I th- and I think that, like, speaking just to, like, bring the Food and Wine Festival to a close and, um, you know, maybe segment us to our next section is just um, the Food and Wine Festival along with Epcot is like, you know, geared towards, Mm -hmm. uh, like you were saying, towards adults. And, you know, this environment of like sharing culturally and sharing, you know, what we can share over a beverage. And, um, you know, kids can't really do that. They can't experience that. They have the, you know, the small games and like the concerts that are set up like uh, at night, you know, you can, you know, dance. They have those small little concerts. 
but they can't really experience what an adult can experience through like the bonding over you know bonding over a beer or bonding over a glass sure. of wine or sharing like a small plate bonding over a nice piece of spinach pie i'm so excited <laughs> so i think um. for parents it would be better if you know they experienced epcot during the day and then just you know maybe thought about you know doing something else at night but if they had to you know if obviously if they had no other option you know just figure out like a side plan to like manage their children or do it in like we were i was saying to ashley before and this like kind of segues us into um the next topic too is i know danny just said if you wanted to do um epcot like for part of the day and do magic kingdom for another part epcot if you want to do food and wine and you have children it might be a good idea to just do a little bit each day. So like you could say, I'm gonna do X, Y, and Z countries today. Like we'll hang out tomorrow. Like we'll go to, like I know for me, when I end up in Epcot, unless there's a festival going on, I usually go to Hollywood Studios during the day and then I take the friendship over to Epcot and then I just bop around in Epcot. So it's another way if you're not on the monorail track, you can split Epcot up with another park and maybe by splitting it up and doing something else, if you have kids, Epcot will be more manageable when there's a festival going on, like food and wine. Absolutely, and that's exactly what we did when we went as a yeah. group last year. Um, we were in Hollywood Studios for the day, and they have a, a boat called the Friendship that you could take from Hollywood Studios to really any part of Disney except Magic Kingdom. I'm yeah, and sure. it's nice because you can see like and the boardwalk, you can yeah, see Swan and Dolphin. Um, it's a it's a gorgeous yeah. boat. Uh, ride. I mean, you, you, you're going to Epcot. It's cute. It's different for the kids, too. So, like, if you have kids yeah. and you're looking for something that will keep them entertained, maybe they won't sit still on, like, taking a bus or taking a monorail, but they might be more enthused if you're taking the friendship. I mean, yeah, I'm 22, and gorgeous. that's why I split up Hollywood Studios and Epcot, because I just think it's entertaining to just take a boat to Epcot, you know, so. Yeah, and, and with the Food and Wine Festival, Epcot is the perfect park to just do maybe at night or during the day. You could do any park and then head on over to Epcot like we did. Yeah. Hollywood Studios is like, all right, we're done with this park. Let's go to Epcot for the night, get dinner yeah. and drinks. And I've only been to Epcot once in my adult life. So um, I, I've only had the one drink, which was the grapefruit beer. Grapefruit beer Germany. in Germany, yeah. fantastic. What were your favorite drinks? So if you had to pick one drink. If I had Epcot. to pick one besides the grapefruit beer, um, in Japan, they outside Japan's entrance, they have like a sake wine slushy cart, um, and they're really good. They're super refreshing if it's really hot outside. I like, I think it's mango, and I don't get the the milk on top because I it makes me uncomfortable. But <laughs> I get the sake wine slushy, and it's so good. I love that one. Well, last year, um, as a part of the Food and Wine Festival in Italy, they did this. It was a frozen lemon. It was like a frozen limoncello. Um, I'll take seven. <laughs> um, like slushy combined with like a wine. And it was oh, it was delicious. Um, also, just as like a last thing for the World Showcase, and then we can talk about just Epcot in general. Mm-hmm. Um, if you are in Epcot at night, I recommend, if you're going to sit down for dinner, I recommend doing something that you can sit down and see the illumination show at night while you're eating dinner. So the last time I went to Disney, which was in March, we ate at the Spice Road table, which is in Morocco. And it's basically like right on the water. It's beautiful. It's a nice way to 
see the show if you're looking to stay late at night and see illuminations without sitting outside because I personally get very um, buggy sitting outside watching illuminations because it is right on the water. Um, so if you're looking to do a sit down restaurant and want to do the fireworks, I know sometimes people eat inside around the monorail track to watch happily ever after. So if you wanted to do the same thing in Epcot, that's definitely a location that um, you should try out. Yeah, absolutely. There's, there are, there's plenty of things to do in Epcot. And um, now that we covered the Food and Wine Festival, I'm sure those who haven't been to Epcot, you're going to want to know, what can you do in What's Epcot? What's Epcot? <laughs> what is that? Well, it's Well, the... we're going to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we kind of I mean, just threw you. the prototype we... city of tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. If you don't know what Epcot is, you might want to, like, Google it before you go to Disney and just, you know. It's yeah. not just the thing that looks like a golf ball. It's just ball. not. Yeah. It, why does it have to look like a golf ball? Well, I'll tell you. <laughs> oh, Danny, but wait, there's more. Well, wait, there's more. So... As we all know, each Disney park has its centerpiece, has its, I guess, I don't, I don't even know what, like, I guess just a centerpiece. It's the like an iconic. The iconic. Landmarks. Mural, landmark of, of, of the park. And Epcot's is Spaceship Earth, which, like you just said, looks like a giant golf ball <laughs> placed in the middle right of the park. Just right into space. <laughs> right on a tee. Um, and what I love about Spaceship Earth is that it actually houses an attraction the ride spaceship earth and it's honestly one of my favorite attractions in epcot only because you're in the centerpiece of like like i feel like most people don't think about the, oh that's a ride that's not just the landmark of epcot there is a ride in that ball and i just think that's so cool you basically go through um history you start with like I don't. I can't remember like exactly where you start, but it's like the Romans, and then like the you, Phoenicians. You go, yeah, and then you just keep going further and further, further. Einstein, I think, is in it, and like Ben Franklin, and um, like the, then it goes the, to the, like the television NASA. was creative, and created, and yeah, and like it, it's just really cool. It's a nice calming ride, and um, at the end of the ride, they kind of like make this little animation of like what your future will be like, and they take a picture of your face, and I think, I think that's just really cool, and it's. If it's a hot day in Disney, that's definitely a good ride to go on. There's usually no, no wait because um, the ride is just constantly moving. It's like the people mover where you just kind of just run, you get on. Walk and, on and that's to it, it. Yeah. yeah. So that's fun. Um, yeah, and Epcot also has more thrilling rides than most of the other Disney parks. I guess Hollywood Studios would be up there too, but Epcot has both Test Track and Mission Space. Mission Space is scary. Mission Space is scary. <laughs> Mission Space is... <laughs> Mission Space is terrifying. They should have reconsidered that ride. We'll Honestly... We'll that in a second. But, yeah. Ashley, I know that you wrote in our little planner thing that um, Test Track is your favorite ride in the park. Yeah, by far. Test Track is my favorite ride in that park. Over Frozen. I love Frozen. In no Norway, over Soaring. I love Soaring. I mean... <laughs> oh... Yeah, I love Spaceship Earth. It's Spaceship Earth is like one oh, is like a one and a half. Like Test Track is one, and then Spaceship Earth is like yeah. One and a half. I'm, I'm kind of with you on that. So I Test Track has been my favorite ride since I've been going to Disney. It's been me and my dad have loved that ride forever. Um, I actually think I love the original Test Track before the revamp yeah. more than I like the updated one which has like the more modern logistics and like more similar um, it just looks so futuristic in the new one yeah. the old one was more based on if you were a crash dummy 
Yeah. And you yeah. were going through the trials of testing well, a new Well, because, car. Um, so for those of you that don't know, I'll just give you a brief thing of Test Track. What Test Track is, it basically puts you through the, um, it's what it is. It's like if you were buying a car, what what they would do for a car to make sure if it got onto the road, you would be okay in it. Is it sponsored by? It, what, it's sponsored it, by Chevrolet, Chevrolet yeah. um, which I'm very uh, biased. I have a Chevy, so. So all the cars that so when you walk into Test Track, you basically now you can build your car on these screens, and then like your car, the people that are in your car when you go onto the ride, all the combinations of your cars basically combine together and like the test results of what you design on the screen from the style of the car, how fast the car can go, like Turbo Max, stuff like that. It's basically how the ride plays out. Well, I don't think it's it's all your cars combined together. I think just the tests during the ride are testing your individual cars. So like how your car would fare with aerodynamics, how your car would fare with speed. But at the end, it like tests, when you get off the ride, like it tests which car wins out of the people that are in your car. Right, right, exactly. Yeah. So it puts you, so you sit in this really cool three-seater, like it has two rows, three seats in the front, three seats in the back car, and you go through all these tests for like, aer- like we were saying, aerodynamics, fuel efficiency, um, the, the, the traction control, yeah. and um, crash, and then the best one being speed, which is the whole ride. And it's the most, inc- it's, it's truly an incredible ride. Um, it's short, but it's amazing, and it usually has the most long. It has such a long wait, but it is so worth it for those of you who like love cars and just want to experience, you know, a ride that's really untraditional for, um, you know, theme parks. Mm-hmm. Like this is like a ride that I've never seen in any amusement park or yeah, right. um, yeah, anywhere. It's, really it's just something that's so different. It- you're right. It's, it's very, I was just going to say, it's very unique to Disney because we've seen them use that kind of ride system with Cars Land and Disneyland with Radiator Swings Racers, very similar to Test Track. But Test Track did it first, and like you said, the ending of the ride, the whole speed test, in the original ride, since you were acting as a crash dummy, it would have just a wall, and it looked like you were about to drive into a wall at like you would 65 stop. miles an hour at the very last second wall opens up, and bam, you're outside racing around like you're in like a, a NASCAR or something. It's really really cool uh, we did mention the new ride it's very more futuristic based there's a lot more neon lights it's darker inside um, there's cool effects all around you um, I think it's better when you go on test track at night because it's cool to see like the park lit up you can see like the world showcase sure. it's different than going on during the day yeah. I like it at night better yeah but my favorite one of my favorite parts of test track is that um, because they have a partnership with Chevy um, and it, it also is a cool feature for um, children is that um, below they have um, an actual showroom. actual showroom f- with Chevy cars. So Chevy actually gives Disney and the, sh- um, the Test Track showroom all their latest models of the Chevy cars and concept cars that they hope to maybe put out. So when you're walking through, they'll have a concept car that they may try to put out on the, on the market or they're in the process of working or tweaking. But in the actual showroom, they'll have like maybe their 2019 or 2020, you know, tracks or their cruise or their Malibu or their, um, you know, their, their brand new Corvette that they put out. And that'll be their centerpiece of the room. 
And it's really cool because you, when you're walking through, you see all the kids looking at the car like, wow, mom and dad, like, I want to take a picture in front of this. This is amazing. Because these are cars that, like, kids wouldn't be able to see if they, unless they stopped at a dealership. Yeah. But now they get to actually, like, touch the car, look you, in the I, car. Yeah, you can't sit in it. Can you? Some, like, some of the cars um, you can sit in. Yeah. Yeah, yeah some of the cars you can sit in. And also, if you wanted to, adults could uh, walk up to the car, ask some of the people for information about the car. And I know that's how I got my car. I, <laughs> I got it from Disney. I, got I took it, it off the lot. I, I said, I'll take I, that one. I, I got off the ride one day, and I was like, I love the cruise. Oh, it's an driving. And I, uh, <laughs> an I inquired about it, <laughs> and I came back home to New York, and I got a cruise. I and, think something that else is like really good for kids, too, um, it doesn't have anything to do with Chess Track, but it's like another ride that I think is mostly the one ride that's completely kid-centric in Epcot is definitely the Seas, which is the Finding Nemo themed ride. Um, it's a just a sit down ride. It's similar to, I guess, like the Little Mermaid sort find of. Find a happy place. Find a happy place. Yeah, it's so cute. <laughs> I love the seagulls on the outside that they my, just my, speak. My, yeah, my, I love my, them. My. <laughs> um, and the reason I say it's good for kids beyond just the ride is it's similar to Test Track. Is it's an experience even when you leave the ride. So when you leave the ride. You walk into um, basically a mini aquarium, and the kids can walk around and see the different um, displays. And also, there's a um, rehab center of the manatees upstairs, and they feed them. I think it's lettuce. It's cabbage or lettuce. I think it's lettuce. Maybe it's cabbage. I don't know. It's a leafy green. They eat leafy greens. It's really cute. And they're cute. so cute. They're all rehabbed. Um, they usually rescue the manatees from areas in Florida where they've been hit by boaters or for whatever reason they just wouldn't be able to make it in the wild on their own. So I think that that's something that's really kid-centric in Epcot. And again, like I'm 22, but I love just going into that after the ride. I think it's nice that you're not just walking out of a queue, like walking out of the building. It kind of invites you to linger and stay a little bit longer. I agree. The Seas with Nemo and Friends, I, I added that to my points too. I, one of my favorite rides in the park. It's it's very relaxing. The music is nice because it's the soundtrack to Finding Nemo, and that music is just awesome. And it's as much as Finding Nemo really gets, like in the parks. Yeah. I mean, you know. Yeah. Um, like the lighting, the sights I put in there, um, and what's really cool is that when you're on the ride, the characters of Finding Nemo are actually swimming around real life fish. Yeah. And that's just a really cool, crazy Disney effect. Um, as they tell this story, it's like you see these animated characters, but like it looks like they're in the tank with these real fish and just outstanding. It's it's really nice. It's a, another great ride to get away from the heat. Um, so definitely check out the season. Nemo and Friends, another kid-centric ride that opened not that long ago was Frozen in Norway. I love Frozen. Never been on it. The but technology it's is... It, it's incredible. It's, it's, it's your standard boat ride through the movie well, but it is a t it's also just to note it's a tier one ride so if you wanted to do is it test track is tier one too yeah test track and frozen are tier one tier one means that you can if you're making fast pass selections you can only pick one either frozen mm -hmm. or test track similarly to if you're going to hollywood studios and you want to do the toy story land rides you can only do slinky or the aliens so if you're going to Epcot and you're looking to hit all the major rides, just make sure you plan accordingly because you can only pick one of those rides. And honestly, the wait for Frozen is usually super long. Oh, I think because, because it's new and people love Frozen. it's only going to get longer with Frozen. Frozen 2 coming out next year, but that's another. <laughs> that's another that's podcast. Another, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
So we're going to move on real quick to Illuminations. And we, we touched upon this just slightly. Illuminations is the be-all, end-all of Disney shows. It's insane. You have to go see Illuminations if you go to Epcot. It's one of the greatest fireworks and just spectacles you could see in any Disney park, I think. Um, there's fire. There's more pyrotechnics and, and fireworks. And uh, I, I think there's lasers, right? Yep. Isn't there, like, mm -hmm. It's crazy. It's, uh, it's on uh, Showcase Lagoon, which is uh, the body of water that you know, houses the World Showcase. Um, it's fantastic. Do you guys have anything to say on that? Um, I kind of talked about it before. Like I said, that was what I was mentioning <clears throat> with the eating somewhere around the lagoon on uh, the World Showcase. I like Illuminations, but actually, I think it's a really good show. It's not my favorite fireworks show that Disney does. I'm partial to Happy Happily Ever After just because I think it's fantastic, the technology. Um, but I wouldn't miss it. And if you're going soon to Walt Disney World, I would especially not miss it because there have been rumors that they may be replacing Illuminations because it is currently the oldest fireworks show that Walt Disney has on property. So if you haven't seen it yet, I would at least get the chance to check it out on your next trip because it might not be there the next time you go. True that. Um, I'll just real quick. I we kind of missed this too. Mission Space barely talked about that. Scary, crazy, crazy. Avoid. Disney ride. I wouldn't. There's avoid. two levels. There's, there are two yeah. levels. There's the green one and the orange. Go one. Go for green. If don't go for orange. If you don't like motion. <laughs> go rides, green. Go green because it is a very dumb down. It's the same ride but a lot less motion and. There are countless stories of people getting motion sick on Mission If Space you don't like simulators, just don't, maybe just don't go on it, though. What's crazy is that astronauts have actually wrote, written the orange one and said it is as true as going to space as it is Could possibly be, yeah. Yeah. Like, it's probably based off of, like, the NASA simulators, it I is. would imagine. It's really one of the craziest simulators you could possibly go on. Um, those with heart conditions should not ride. I've I think it gave me a heart condition. stories <laughs> of, you know, there have been, uh, I think, a, a, death, a death or two due yeah. to, you know, people with pre-existing heart conditions. They do this, give pretty serious, not ser I wouldn't call it serious, but they, they do make it blatantly obvious that if you have a heart condition or if you, you know, you have some sort of medical ailment that you maybe should pass on the ride when you walk in. So if it's something that maybe like you're hearing it now, like omission oh, space, if you've never been on it before, it will become apparently obvious when you go to, up to the ride that, especially if you're going on orange, that might not be the level for you if you have um, a medical condition and you could try going on green. Yeah, and if you don't want to go on the ride at all, there is a mission control section of the ride where you can act as if you're in mission control. The kids can, can do that. Um, you, once again, you're not on the ride, but it's kind of you're still it's, you get like that space experience still. I don't think you should miss miss Mission Space. I think if you go on the green one, you'll be fine. It's really fun. You have full control pretty much of this simulator. Like you get the each person on the ride. I think it's five people in each simulator. You, you all have a job. You get to yeah. fire the rockets, put people to sleep. You're you're driving the the spaceship. It's really really cool. It's very immersive. So. I would also it. say I like I do like Mission Space even though it kind of scares me. It's like the same thing with Terror of Terror. Like it's scary, but terror, I terror. love Terror 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 Terror. Um, but I would say also that it would be good if you have a bigger group of people to go on Mission Space because I know sometimes for me like the last time I went on Mission Space was um, I think I went in March and it was just me and another friend and then I think we got put with like three 11 year old girls <laughs> and I was like who are you? So it's like a tight space to be in with like 
a group of people that you might not necessarily know. So if you're uncomfortable with that already, I would suggest going on it in groups. Yes, and there are barf bags. Yes, <laughs> I've never used one. Um, yeah, so this pretty much closes up our whole to-do list and what you can expect from the Food and Wine Festival at Epcot. Um, Epcot is still going through major construction right now, so they're building a Guardians of the Galaxy roller coaster. If you're listening to this in the future when it's open, go ride the ride. I'm sure it's great. As well as a Ratatouille ride in France. That's also correct, and there, a lot of great things are coming to Epcot. Um, it needs a facelift. It, it, it's going to get a much-needed facelift. So hopefully we can do a podcast in the future of you know the additions that they already came out with, and that would be really great. So if you are planning on going to Epcot soon, just... You know, be wary that there is construction going on there, so it won't really hinder your experience. Disney construction's like pretty construction too. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you'll you'll be fine. Just so. wanted to give the heads up on anybody. So we'll repeat again. This is a new series we're going to be doing. Um, basically, your guide through all of the Disney Orlando parks or Disney World parks. Um, any closing thoughts, y'all? Um, if there's interest in the future, let us know either on our Instagram or on this podcast. Um, let us know if you would be interested in advice on booking fast passes. I know something that Ashley, um, Danny, and I were thinking about doing is in addition to the parks, we were we would just like to go into also vacation planning. So that could go over fast passes, mm -hmm. rides more in depth, like just a quick list of rides, restaurants. So if Fast pass booking or anything regarding anything you heard in Epcot, if that interests you, you can contact us on our Instagram and we can go over that with you. Or if there's a lot of interest, we'll make a podcast. Oh, we're going to help you out. Oh, don't <laughs> you worry. I know you're worried out there. It's going <laughs> to be okay. You. It's okay. Um, so the next episode we're going to be doing in this series is going to be all based on Magic Kingdom because, you know, my fave. We got the Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween party coming up, and then that's going to dive right into Christmas. A lot of crazy things happening in that park. And then, um, you know, down the line, we'll get to Hollywood Studios and uh, Animal Kingdom. They're there. They're, they're there. They're, Maybe they by the time exist. we get through four, we'll end up back at April. We could do Earth Day <laughs> for, <laughs> for Animal, Animal Kingdom. Ah, so thank you all for listening. Once again, you got to subscribe on Apple Podcasts. You got to follow us on Instagram at Faith Trust and Disney Stuff. And also, if anybody's interested in advertising for this podcast, we'd love to hear from you. Send us an email, faithtrustanddisneystuff at gmail.com. You can also get in touch with Amanda and Ashley on their Instagram page, um, Faith Trust and Disney Stuff. Or, uh, yeah. Comments on on the post if you're if you're looking to advertise or send us an email we'd love to hear from you or just say hi or just say hi you gotta give yeah, us a follow we love we're, friends we're, always we're friendly for, yeah we're, we're we're pretty friendly yeah I think, I think we're pretty nice hopefully um, we're always looking <laughs> for new suggestions to uh, talk about on the podcast or if you want to see a specific post on the Instagram page. All you have to do is send a follow or give a follow. and uh, We'll send a follow, too. Yeah. We'll send you the follow uh, if you send us the follow. Um, and then the last thing that I'll just throw in there, too, because it goes with the whole series. Um, Ashley and I have begun doing a little bit of Disney vacation planning. Um, so we offer trip planning tips and also itinerary um, templates. So if you ever wanted to work with Ashley or myself, um, you can send us an email. It's faithtrustdisneystuff at gmail.com, like Danny said before. And also, I often do, for my itineraries, I often do polls um, for general interest. And I know Ashley does them as well for the vacation planning. Very good. And just one final thing. If you are looking to contribute to this podcast at all, there's going to be a link in the uh, our podcast page on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you're looking to 
wherever you're listening to, of uh, basically subscribing to this podcast and um, you know contributing. A penny for your thoughts. Yeah, penny for, penny for penny your for thoughts. Penny for my if thoughts. You, <laughs> if you like what you hear, you could you know maybe send us a couple dollars or something a month. Um, it's this really cool feature that uh, Anchor has rolled out for us. So without further ado, uh, or without further ado, whatever. Yeah, that now. was right. I'm Danny. <laughs> I'm Amanda. And I'm Ashley. Thank you all for listening. Take care. Bye. Bye.